solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter Twenty One, The Tale of the Three Brothers. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly, and I'm Alex, and this is Potter Watch. This is Potter Watch. Yeah, 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 Potter Watch podcast. Woohoo! That was to the tune of Car Wash <laughs> of Shark Tale fame. Somebody else was just talking to you about Shark Tales because <laughs> they saw in my my Zoom background the fish mm. tank. I <gasps> oh, how is that? Sorry, I meant to ask. How's the fish tank going? It's just going great. Harry Potter listeners, I or Potter Watch listeners, I know you're interested, but Griffin and I got a fish, two fish. Yeah, they adopted two fish. So cute. Big big moves happening here. And a snail. Four two snail. Fish. Four snails. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is a full tank. A lot of like. Work. Yeah, it's very good. Um. Yeah, but we're at. Such an exciting chapter, chapter 21, The Tale of Three Bros. <laughs> the Tale of Three Bros. That's my rename. <laughs> uh, uh. I'm just modernizing it, you know? Um, I renamed this chapter. Oh, wait, is that not really your not re- but you Oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> so my rename is The Brothers Peveril like the brothers grim i see i see what you're doing there thank you thank you um mine is it's a death trap (laughs) 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 which i said that to griffin earlier and he's like i don't know what that's from and i was like it's not from anything (laughs) it does sound like you're referencing something i know the way you say it (laughs) the term death trap I don't know. <laughs> um, now it's from something. It's from this very podcast. It's from Molly Wilson. Patented TM. <laughs> um, do you want to know what happened in this chapter? Yeah, why don't you explain it to me? But could you explain it to me with Aiku? Yeah. Um, Herm reads the story. <laughs> <laughs> Death takes the three peverils. Oh. Eaters come a knocking. <laughs> it's not uh, funny. It's not funny. But <laughs> could you give me that last line again? Eaters, as in death eaters. Oh, I think we got it. I think we knew what eaters meant. Eaters come a knocking. <laughs> I'm only gonna refer to Death Eaters as eaters. (laughs) That's what that's what they that's what the the people on the street call them. Yeah, (laughs) the youths. What? What? Um, should we just end there for the haikus? (laughs) Um. Uh, yeah. Luna isn't home. But there are stories to be told. And eaters are here. (laughs) Excellent. On the spot. (laughs) 
tell at home that was on the fly. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um oh eaters are here is too many. Eaters be here. There we go. They, eat, they do be here. Eaters be here. They be knocking. <laughs> they be knocking. Uh, they be deafen. They be eating. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very musical episode. Yeah. Remember, like, our first year of recording, and I said we should do a musical episode of the podcast. Like, they do musical episodes of TV shows. Yeah. Nice. What was I thinking? <laughs> Molly qu- quickly vetoed that, and uh, I think you all owe Molly a big thank you <laughs> and a, a, a an iTunes review for that. I was also just thinking today, I was like, God, am I so glad that this is just audio and we don't have to do video for this because like, I was like, oh God, I look so rough on Zoom right now. Like, Oh, same. (laughs) I love that I don't put makeup on to record the podcast. The other idea that I vetoed of Alex's was to do an exercise game to the movies instead of a drinking game yeah that was a bad idea I I I, video I for I for one can admit that was a bad idea okay (laughs) but I do think we should do the video again for the movie if you for it oh yeah for sure that is fun okay all righty um we get to hear about the Deathly Hallows. Yes. Xenophilius is buying time. He is. He's in rare form. Yeah. I, I don't want to like. We I don't really know his form. Like we've only met him once. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to hope he's better because I'm going to say in this interaction with Zeno, I'm not mad at him. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying this because he turns them in. Yeah. Like, I completely understand why he's doing that. Um, I think there were better options, but sometimes when we're panicking, we don't always choose those better options. But I think I don't like Zeno as a, like, as a person, you know? Like, I just feel like he's annoying. He's kind of brusque. And, and he's, like, rude. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, I just, that's what I have to say there. That's what, that was my new discovery in this chapter. When I was listening, I was like, you know, I don't think I like this guy. I mean, I think the word that comes to mind most for me with Zeno is like pity. I don't know. (laughs) I pity him. Like, I feel bad for him with the Luna situation, but like, other than that, I don't pity him. I just think I mean, he's that's kind of most of it, but like also he like lost his wife to like this tragic accident. Like I don't Harry know. Harry lost like, his whole family, and I don't like dislike Harry. Huh? I said Harry lost his whole family. But <laughs> yeah, and I pity that. That's really sad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel bad for him. That's but I don't mean that. My word yeah. is pity. Yeah, but I guess I'm saying separate than that. Like, I also, like, feel empathy for him. I just don't think I like him. 
you know, yeah. like if I knew Xenophilius Lovegood, I would not want to like talk to him at the Christmas party. Oh, I don't think we could ever get along swimmingly, but I really like him in the books, like as a character. Yeah, he is fine as a character, but I just, I'm just saying in, in my reading of this chapter, I, f- I discovered that I don't think I like him as a person. And it starts here where he asks if the version that Hermione of the Beetle of the Bard is the original. Calm down, sir. I was like, who knew you were such a tale of three brothers snob? Oh, I see. I like all of this like quest seekers stuff and like this whole like in group of like we're quest seekers. Oh, that's fine. It was just like, is it the original? And I'm like, was it written by the Peveril brothers? No. (laughs) Well, I think what he's implying is that if you're reading it like with the runes, it may be a different translation than when it's translated into English. So like... It's more yeah, but Hermione quest isn't, isn't reading it with the runes. Yeah, it's the runes. It's a rune book. That's why Dumbledore gives it to Hermione. It's like all written in runes. Oh, and she thought that the Deathly Hallows symbol was was a rune. See, I just you know what I did know that. That's on me. I apologize. I mean, it's still like she's obviously translating to English as she's reading, but I do. Right, think, that's like, why <laughs> I, just I forget more, that. like legit, you know. Also very impressed thinking about that, that Hermione took is like fluent in ancient runes from yeah. like she's reading this story. No problem. She's translating. She's <laughs> translating on the spot. I assume that she's memorized this book, though, because that's all she's been reading since they've been camping. That's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Doing a little Alex Reeves fake out. But when it's I very, was, I mean, not. I'm still saying it's impressive, but I do think she's been reading this book nonstop. Yeah. Uh, tangent time. When I was a little girl, um, my parents thought I was a reading prodigy because when I was three, my parents read, like, my favorite book to me, like, every night. It was called Shoes Like Miss Alice's. And I had memorized every page uh, corresponding with the picture. I think I've told the story on the podcast before. Maybe not. But anyway, so my parents thought I knew how to read it because I would like, they would be like, oh my God, Alex, are you reading this page? And I'd be like, yes. And I would do the whole thing verbatim, word for word. (laughs) And then they would turn the page. And we have on video my mother whacking a um, a ruler at the book because I guess I'm having like a three year old like day where I don't want to perform because we're at like uh, my brother's I guess people are at my house because my brother has just been born and my mom's trying to get me to show off that I can read like a little prodigy but I wasn't having it and so you see her like a little mom momager being like read the page oh boy this is where it starts it's so funny but it's like normal though for kids to just memorize it like I I know Bernstein bear books I'm sure it's normal but they were like oh my god she can read and and then one day I was doing it when the book was upside down and they realized I had just (laughs) memorized it Not a, not a prodigy, just a mimic, it turned out. Well, that's how yeah. you learn. You know? 
Um, Ron, what is this interpretation of death? Ron has a whole fan fiction written in his head about death. Oh yeah, he's like, it's at twilight. It's spookier. <laughs> well, and he was like, and then like, was is it Harry asks the question like, why does death need an invisibility cloak? Yeah. And then Ron's like, you know, because he gets tired of going ooga booga booga. <laughs> and I was like, Ron, what? Is- Sometimes he wants to sneak up on you, you know? Yeah, and I was like, Ron, do you have like a discussion with? <laughs> with death about his likes and dislikes I'm sure it's like you know how when your parents kind of like talk about the book as they're reading it no that's exactly what it felt like it was just really funny to see like Rod be like so definitive he was like you know when death (laughs) I love I think that's like a classic bit of Ron being like oh this is my this is where I can jam like first of all Hermione you got it wrong like this is the way my mom tells it you gotta do do it like mrs weasley okay oh so cute i gotta say i feel like this book shouldn't be allowed for children i was all right i that's my next note i said i don't remember any throat slitting in my childhood fairy tales like they changed the fairy tales when we were little so that they were less scary right this is horrifying the bring the they bring the wife back to life and then she's like kills herself yeah, there's like suicide I'm like oh right? my god like they changed the plot of Little Mermaid so we wouldn't know that she commits suicide at the end dark dark although Wizarding World they also let their children go to Hogwarts where children die sometimes so <laughs> they have a different <laughs> set of standards um I do like that Harry's like poking holes in this children's story <laughs> like like what we do with our children's story, the Harry Potter, but <laughs> he's like, um, why does why does he have a clue? Like what you were saying. <laughs> Harry is the child in this situation. Yeah. He's like behaving like the little kid and Ron and Hermione are his parents explaining as they go along. I mean, no one's ever read him a children's book. Wow, that's sad, Molly. <laughs> dark, 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 dark. Okay, now this is strike two for Xenophilius for me and where I actually have a bone to pick with him. I think he's so mean to Hermione. An Uh, adult man should never say that to a young woman. That was so rude. If someone had said that to me, I would cry. Like if I genuinely would cry. One thing that I that he is quote unquote responsible for that is exciting is like when he first draws it out. Like I remember reading that the first time and being like, oh my gosh. Like and I think yes. I like drew it out too. <laughs> oh yeah. In my and then when I got my Tales of Beetle the Bard book, I put it in on top of the corner. And I and I just have to say, I this is my one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in seven part one. Oh yeah. Like it's so cool. Like even him watching him draw it out in that scene is really cool. And um ooh, I just get so excited when they in that animation style, creme de la creme, top tier, beautiful work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you're saying, like I I also disagree with Zeno's point about the stone. Like, I don't, 
I don't think that like, just because you can't prove that it doesn't exist, that means it exists. Like that's such a dumb fallacy. Like, and I get that that's his kind of whole like thing, but like, I think Hermione is right to question that, that, that way of thinking, like that just because you can't prove it doesn't mean that it's there. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's right to question that way of thinking. I do think it's rude to ask somebody like in Xenophilius's defense, I do think it's weird to rude to ask somebody to explain something that you believe in and then like poke holes in what's basically like his religion. Like it's not his religion, but it's similar. It reminds me of, I'm rewatching friends. So here it comes. It reminds me of the episode where Phoebe's like, mm, I don't believe in uh, global warming. We already We're not global. this on the podcast. Did we? Yike. Well, it is. <laughs> it's like it again, okay? Hermione pokes a lot of holes. Is Hermione like Ross? No, because Ross doesn't have a, a Hermione's emotional intelligence. But <laughs> um I think I think it is rude. Anyway, you can cut that out if you want to. But I think no, it's no, I just meant we. Um, yeah, I do think it's rude for her to be like, explain to me the Deathly Hallows, and then he does, and it's clearly something he believes in, and she's like, actually, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, then go read a book and figure out what they are on your own damn time. Then don't ask me. I um, think she approaches this with more tact than she normally does because she's like she's kind of like saying like I understand like this story that you're telling and that these represent this but like how do you explain that they are real like I think she like that's why they came to him was to ask him these questions so yeah yeah I just yeah I don't know I just think there was like a let him finish the whole thing I feel like and then like because they were talking about I don't know. I just wish she had focused on other, the other things that like kind of were proven to be true. For example, Harry's invisibility cloak. Well, that, that was one of my notes. I was like, I feel like just by the fact that the invisibility cloak exists, like you should believe that all of these things exist and you're defending the wand. Right. So like that, that's, that was my issue too, especially like not just here, but even in their conversation afterwards, when the three of them are trying to rationalize it, I was like, you pretty much definitively know this cloak exists. Harry owns it. And so I, I think they could have like, without, they dismiss it pretty early on as like, uh, this is all just like an old man's like, you know, right. But I think we could have thought some more into it I think the thing that she says that's rude that to your point is that she's like how could you possibly believe and then he like cuts her off as that, and that's when he right. says she's closed-minded <laughs> um but well I think her him saying she's closed-minded is fine but he goes on and he's mean and he's an adult and she's not <laughs> I I also think like him, he, it's really funny to hear him like basically like argue against the cloak existing. Like he's saying like, yes. you've never seen this before. Like th this should also be like crazy to you. And Hermione's like, well, this is the one I believe. <laughs> like, 
And he's like, well, I mean like this, this or this. I think this is like, yes. I mean, I also think this is like writer having like breaking the fourth wall or not breaking the fourth wall, but like JK Rowling gets to have fun in this moment because we know it exists and they know it exists. So they, so like she has Xenophilius be like, you never seen that, have you? Boom, I won. Like that's just like fun comedic setup. But um, but he's like making an argument like that Hermione would make. Right. But I guess he's saying like, why do you have a problem with this one when you don't have a problem with the other one? Like, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't seen that either. Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 but I think he's like, he wants it to be mystical. Like he doesn't want you to like have held an object, you know? Right. Part of him, I think. I mean, I think if Harry like pulled out his invisibility cloak, he'd be all into it. He'd probably steal it. Try and steal it. Right. He ain't right. That's why they don't say anything. I have this question. Doesn't every wand in Wandler have to be one from its previous owner? Why is that told like it's something specific to the Elder Wand? Well, because there's more alleged power in the Elder Wand. So it's like, if you cast a spell with the that wand, it has to win. And so like, in order for you to also get that power, you have to win it. So like, yeah, like I think, yes. And like just to ensure that you you can't just like steal it from the owner and use it. Right. But I guess I'm saying with Juan lore, that's the case anyway, right? Like Harry. I oh, I guess it's it, like what Voldemort. I guess right. Well, right. Like, but I guess you can steal. Like he's still using it, but he doesn't have the power of it. Well, right, right. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like. But I think that's true of any wand. Like hair, the wand, the wand Harry's using, like the Death Eater's wand, doesn't really work as well for him because he hasn't won it. And same with like Draco using Narcissa's wand. Like it right, does. The, they don't have power attached, but like, like right. But I, I uses it. Right. I'm saying it'll. I'm saying it's just the same rules of wand lore, think so, except yeah. for the elder wand is more powerful like you're saying so like you can still use the elder wand if you just borrow in it from somebody but it doesn't you don't get the bonus stat of the elder wand unless you've defeated someone just like a wand is not going to choose you unless you've like won it from somebody else it just feels like it's the same rules of wand lore as regular wand lore like it has to be one it has to be expelliarmus or defeated to give you the full power of that wand yeah and i think that's like the journey harry goes on to understand all wands right it's just xenophilia i mean and 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 not saying that that is a plot hole or anything because truly wand lore is not very like it's not completely understood like even voldemort has to go on a long journey and talk to wand makers to understand that truth about wands and defeating the owner and stuff like that so I don't think that's common knowledge in the wizarding world so Xenophilius could only know it in this specific instance and is saying it like that I just thought it was interesting the way it was phrased here and if you thought that that's because there is a difference or because of just like 
the way one more is not really a known thing. I think the only difference is that like you technically can use someone else's wand without winning it, but you can't use the elder one's power without winning it. Right. But you can use it as a, yeah. Yeah. I think we're saying the same. I think so too, but that's, that was the part that I was like, that's how I see it as like slightly different, but like the theory is still the same. Yeah. Um, Oh, I wanted to bring back Molly's fan theory corner. Okay, I'm ready. So I think I've mentioned this one before, but because it's this chapter, got to bring it back. Basically that Dumbledore personifies death in this Three Brothers story. Uh-huh. Um, and that there are, there are three people that also represent the other brothers in the story. So in this fan theory, Dumbledore's death Mm -hmm. um, and that he essentially, you know, is collecting these other people. So who do you think represents who do you think represents the elder wand in this fan theory? Okay. So he, Dumbledore is, okay, so Dumbledore's death, but we're not trying to cast the Peveril brothers. We're trying to ca- uh, cast the items themselves. Well, yeah, you, I mean, essentially casting the Peverils, like who represents the brother that gets the- Okay, that's what I mean. Like, are we saying who represents the wand itself? Like who is the power or who represents the boy who chooses the power? No, the boy who chooses the power or girl. Or girl. Um, um, okay, I think Snape is the brother that chooses the resurrection stone. Yeah, which is really sad because it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I don't think Harry is one, which is interesting. Like he could be Elder Wand, but who wants who's obsessed with power? Well, Voldemort. Yeah. But Dumbledore doesn't collect Voldemort. I mean, like in this idea, like Dumbledore is like pulling the strings, like death is. So like Okay. I was I so I was trying to think of people that like Dumbledore was recruiting. So I was like, I mean, it's a little bit more like, up I got you. I got you. I got you. Yes. I think clearly Elder Wand is Voldemort in that metaphor, um, where he's the one that wants power. And once he gets it, just comes up with his own defeat. I honestly think uh, Harry is the, the wizard that... Um, in this metaphor, Harry is the wizard that takes the Elder Wand from Voldemort. Like, the one, like, Voldemort goes yelling, I'm the strongest, I'm the most powerful, and creates his own enemy that ultimately defeats him. If we um, want to get real in-depth. Well, that's funny that you bring that up. So, well, first I'll just wrap up. Like, they they say that Harry's the third brother, and Dumbledore 
he greets Dumbledore like an old friend, like in the train. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I just don't, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just don't know if Harry like makes himself invisible, although he is invisible for the first 10 years of his life, so. Well, I think it's more like invisible to death, like he defeats death. He's, yes, he is, he is the boy who lived. Right. So. And just his relationship to Dumbledore. I was taking things too literally. Yeah, I also, but, like, put you on the spot. Like, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I just thought it'd be more interesting than me just, like, reading it. But No, it was fun. Um, And then, so what you said about, like, the person that steals it, like, one other fan theory I read, like, that was the same basic thing, but it was, like, they said Gellert Grindelwald was, like, the one that um stole the wand, that he's, like, yeah. the fifth person. Oh, yes, I think that is true. It, from the story, from the actual story, like a separate um, fan theory from this version where Dumbledore's death. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I think that too. I like that fan theory and I accept it as fanon. Well, oh no, not like literally. Like this is still in this like metaphor. Oh, in this fan no. Theory, like, I literally, <laughs> it's incredible. I think that happened like a many, many years ago. <laughs> well, that's what I said. The, that's what I said, the fifth person. I know, but, like, they have, like, a, it has, like, a bloody history, the wand. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah. But that he's, like, not as showy as Voldemort, essentially, is, I think, what this, like, metaphor is saying. Like, he's more, like, going to sneak and take it, whereas, like, Voldemort's, like, a little bit... Yeah. ...cockier about everything. Yeah. Um... He has his own flair, I guess. But, like, in the book's context. In the books, he's more, yeah, yeah contained than he is and fantastic beasts. Yeah. But, yeah. So that was just... That's a cool fun. theory. I like that little thought puzzle. I also really like Ron's just boiled-down version of, like, the morals. He's like, okay, you got this brother that does this. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, you nailed it, Ron. You learned you got it. from this story. <laughs> but not really. Um, what the want. <laughs> are there any Mayborn witches in Harry Potter? I had, like, I was thinking about it. What do you mean? Like, witches with birthdays in May in the Harry oh, Potter yeah. universe. Because one of, like, Ron's things that he like riddles off is that Mayboard, which is Mary Muggles. So I was curious because you know how sometimes JK Rowling will do like yeah little I'm gonna look up when Cho if they know when Cho Chang's birthday is. Yeah that that's what I was saying. Oh it doesn't have a specific date for her. It just has the year. Yeah. Head canon Cho Chang is born in May. Born between, oh yeah, born between September 1st and August 31st. That can still be May. Yeah. I looked at McGonagall, but she's October 4th, which is my mom's birthday. Ooh. All right. I'm going to look up May birthdays in Harry Potter. <laughs> Might be too. Um... I don't know anyone else that marries a muggle. I'm just going. Okay. Pomona Sprout, May 15th. Does she marry a muggle? We don't know. We don't know her life. 
We really don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my only thing is that like sometimes I like when she does like the Trelawney things where yeah. like those like turn out to be true. So I was wondering if like the May witches thing <laughs> was true. But um, speaking of muggles, drink every time Ron forgets that they were muggle raised. Ron, Ron, Ron. <laughs> also love that Hermione calls Ron out about the, um, but could you avoid boasting about the right. elder wand? Because in my head, I was literally writing down the note, could you though, Ron? And then Hermione said, would you though, Ron? <laughs> so I was like, glad that we're calling him out on this. <laughs> Also, are they dumb? Did they really ask Harry why he would want the stone? I know. And then they're all like, oh, that's kind of sad. Oopsie. Backpedal. And I'm like, are you guys best friends with him or what? Like, <laughs> I guess they're surprised that he thinks that's the most like useful item because for them, they're like, we wouldn't do that. Like yeah, but it's like obvious that Harry would want to... <laughs> I do like that Hinton's mad-eyed moody second. Yeah, <laughs> I have got questions <laughs> about why mad-eye is second in that list. Like before Dumbledore. <laughs> Come on. I get why he puts his parents at the end because he's like, I'm being subtle. It's not about them. Maybe he's just like going in chronological death order. Does he say serious first? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a it's a it's a it's a weird it's a weird choice. I will I will admit it's a weird. He mentioned Cedric first. Okay, that was no that that was bad. <laughs> I mean, he's like, what's an obscure death that he could have picked? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Not that that's like obscure, but like he mentions Hedwig first. He yeah, I did think I was like chronological Hedwig. Um. Yeah. I feel like Hermione is the kind of person that could talk herself out of anything. Like the way, the way that she's like, mm, I like, she immediately has an answer for the stone. She's like, well, the stone is like brought to you by like, they're definitely thinking about the philosopher's stone. And that's why, um, you know, and I was like, that's like a great theory, Hermione, but you're talking with such authority. Like, you know, that is the truth. And it was just funny. And it made me think I would love to see Hermione when she started presenting magic. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Like, like young, young six-year-old Hermione being like, hmm, that must have been like the light or something. <laughs> and, yeah. and then her like really not believing it until she got her Hogwarts letter and McGonagall like explained it all to her. Definitely. Like even her parents being like, honey, I think you're special. And she's like, no, all little girls must do this. Anyway, moving on. 
I think it's interesting that like this is what's like so far-fetched in the wizarding community I'm like you already have ghosts like I think I'm not saying like this is normal but like I think if you're in the magical world like there have to be things that you're like that that is possible like right now I also feel like people coming back to life or like like you said ghosts or like leaving imprints or something that's almost like that's think something that people believe in our muggle world you know what I'm saying like it's it's closer than a lot of other things we've seen in the wizarding world so anytime they're like "Mm, that can't exist that's impossible I'm like are you sure yeah let's not (laughs) count anything out you know right (laughs) especially for somebody that grew up like all of this is new to you like right you've read like every book but there have to be things that you don't know exist within she didn't even know about the three brothers until Dumbledore like gave her this book so like she's there's clearly just a lot of like common knowledge basic wizarding world knowledge that she doesn't know which is fine because it's impossible to like learn everything about that but it seems like none of them really like I think Harry wants to believe in the stone obviously but like Mm -hmm. they're all kind of like yeah that's like not a thing which yeah which not but It is, but the stone exists. What they're saying, yeah, like the stone is real though. I mean, as far as they know, I mean. Right, but I'm saying like, it does exist. So I don't, I don't know. I just feel like. Well, like we know that now, (laughs) like. Right, but I, I think even having them know what the philosopher's stone is would make me think, oh yeah, is it's possible. Why the stone exists? No, I, I meant like the resurrection stone, but yeah. I'm saying like, I think just on the base level of knowing that the philosopher's stone exists and that someone was able to create that would for me yeah. be proof more that this stone could exist. I mean, you know? I think, again, like, as soon as... Especially since we know it doesn't work right. It's not like it's being successful in bringing someone back to life. Right. Like, it doesn't work perfectly. Yeah, I think as soon as you know that the invisibility cloak is real, like, that would be enough for me to at least, like, entertain the idea that the other ones are real. Same. Um, I So I also... This is where I was, like, mistaken with how they talk about the cloak because they keep using like the word infallible which I think to me when I was reading it like that meant it could withstand jinxes but they don't say that here so unless it's somewhere else in the book then like I made that up (laughs) (laughs) no I had that question too when I heard it here um that I mean they talk about like how it's more than just like a normal cloak obviously and like it doesn't disagree but um yeah I had that cue too Luna's friend poster it's so sweet this part always like warms my heart and also makes me feel a little melancholy (laughs) just like that Harry like notices all these things like he like immediately is like this seems odd that like there's dust and like yeah um and then obviously he like sees that there's like no clothes and stuff but like I'm like good observations Harry like yeah and this is also just like a she who must not be named writing thing but a little bit of a Harry observation thing I like the the just the little side note the detail of like and Luna's hair looking better than 
he had ever seen her. Yeah. Like it's just such a a sweet thing about her mom and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think the reason I have a, a soft spot for Zeno more than you is like I just let my imagination run with him like raising her and like I I, I think her mom's influence is like obviously there too, but like she's like such a inquisitive and like mm. the, like such an open-minded person and I have to attribute some of that to Zeno and I think like their relationship at the wedding even though it's like very short and like we don't get a whole lot like I think that's really special and like I don't know I just no that's a that's a great point and I also have to remind myself that he I do like that he has this rebel newspaper that does stand up and print the truth. I really do like that about him. So, like, yeah. well, this chapter is like the worst time of his life. Yeah, he's not. He's not at his best. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think we what we said last chapter is like there are things that like we obviously would do differently or disagree with. But like for me at least, I don't fault him for what he decided to do. Just yeah, I, I don't fault he, whether I like him or not. I don't fault him for this. Yeah. And then I, I get really, um, he really, by the end of my notes, I turn around on what I've said last year. And I was like, wow, um, they really get you by comparing him to Lily. Yeah, that was. It, it got me. And I, I was like. I forgot about that line. And I was, I got sad. And I was like, you know what? And then they give you all this detail about all of the things that he's trying to trade to get her back. And I felt so bad for him. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I can turn on myself too. Don't worry. Well, I wasn't even trying to turn on you, but just explain like, cause I was like, why do I like, like him so much? Like, or like not even like him so much, but like, I don't have this feeling like you have yeah. um, at the beginning of the chapter, but um, I just had to dig, dig there a little deeper. <laughs> and like listening to Jim Dale's reading of him, like, crying and like being like please give me back my Luna he's here he's here and I'm like "Ah." yeah Mm. and those Death Eaters were (laughs) they were sassy okay like who are these guys Selwyn come on uh but um uh, Hermione's genius. I think this plan is like perfection down to the obliviating of Xenophilia. So in case he's get, he's questioned or anything, he doesn't know that they're on the tail of the Deathly Hollows and things like Ron and Wands there. there. It's just such a... I had the exact same note. Like she is on it. Okay. Escape. Yeah. And I love that she lets them see that they're there before they disapparate so that they don't punish Xenophilius. And she's just like, Harry, do you trust me? I'm like, what kind of question is (laughs) Again, how long have you known each other? And Harry's like, yeah. Harry's (laughs) Harry's like, "Um, if I didn't, I would still have to because you're the only one that keeps me alive. She doesn't ask Ron. Harry, do you trust me? She's like, Ron, you have no choice. <laughs> Ron, you have to. 
I um I gave the chapter like 165 points. Ooh. I, I gave 120. Yeah. It's so good. It is really good. I do really like this chapter. But this is one of the chapters that I like better in the movie than I do in the book. Well, I mean, the three brothers thing. Well, right. It just not because I don't like this chapter in the book, but because like the whole time I was reading it, except for I, I like the detail of Luna's room in this. And I like the um, the the horn exploding. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was included. Yeah, I don't really remember exactly how that ends in the... They just don't do the horn exploding. They just show the Death Eaters showing up. He says Voldemort, which is, like, I think clever in the movie because it draws attention to the Voldemort thing. Yeah. And the Death Eaters show up, and then Hermione disapparates them. Right. Um, Oh, I I, I don't like... um, I don't dislike, but... The Xeno that they cast is not who I picture in my head. Like, it's not close to, like, my... Oh, interesting. Version I feel like him. he looks exactly like how I picture he him. He looks pretty similar, but, like, his, what he does in the role is, like, very different than, like, my... Um, yeah, I picture him kind of like a mad professor. He, like, in, in step, in, like, the way he, like, talks and berates Hermione like a little bit off. I'm trying to think of a character that there's a character in Avatar, but you don't yeah. watch that. Um, but I mean, like, it's not that I think he does like anything bad. It's just like, it's just like different than my book version. That's all. Yeah. Um, who did you um champion? My champ is Hermione. Good old Herm, Hermy Mermy. She is great with the Great Escape. The Great Escape. (laughs) Um, put it in the musical. (laughs) Uh, my rat is to the Death Eaters. The Eaters. The eaters. My my rat was to Zeno. I don't think I think he deserves the rat, but I don't blame him. I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling at you. Um we are getting close to the end of part one i know uh, next week we're doing chapter two which is just the deathly hallows what this what chapter the next chapter chapter 22 the deathly hallows oh. i think they just discuss more about it oh <laughs> and then chapter- we could have we could have combined these i feel like but it's fine. It's a long chapter. Oh. <laughs> it's also the they get caught chapter. Mm. Oh, I'm not ready. I, I The Hermione torture chapter really upsets me. Because the chapter after this is um, Malfoy Manor. Yeah. 
I'm like not ready for Malfoy. <laughs> um, the description, it's all like it's I mean, Emma Watson and Bellatrix do a uh Helen Carter. Wow, I don't know why I like missed her name for a second. They do a great job in that scene, like it it breaks my heart. But nothing like breaks my heart more than listening to Ron have to listen to Hermione being yeah. tortured upstairs. It like it hurts me on a on another level. Oh, well, we're not quite there yet. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm I'm jumping ahead, but I'm just telling the listeners. Oh yeah, ahead of time. No, I was just transitioning back to. Yeah. <laughs> um. But. Okay, lots to not look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.